So uh, the pressure continues to be ramped up on our provincial government. As you know, starting on Monday, what is easily the most controversial and I would say criticized stage of the province's pandemic response will come into effect. Um, essentially, the province will basically end testing and tracing and isolation for the most part. Uh, you know, right now at this point, it is legally required if you test positive for COVID-19 that you must isolate. That goes away as of Monday. It'll still be recommended but it's no longer legally required. Um, testing and tracing will be scaled back dramatically to a very low level. Now, those are the three cornerstones of any public health response, and I think that's where the concern is coming in for a lot of people. Uh, one of the first jurisdictions, if not the first jurisdiction, to do it anywhere. Saskatchewan is coming along fairly quickly, too. Um, at this point, we have the Alberta Medical Association, the Canadian Pediatric Society, the federal health minister, uh, rural physicians in Alberta, countless other doctors, um, signing on and expressing their concern about this decision to take this step starting on Monday. They've all questioned the timing of such a move more than anything else and warning of the risks that it may entail. Now, this week, Alberta pediatricians joined the chorus calling for Dr. Dina Hinshaw to rethink this move. So let's get details on why they decided to take this step. We're going to chat now with Dr. Michelle Bailey, who is the president of the Alberta Medical Association's section of pediatric medicine. Um, Doctor, thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me. So, yeah, um, why did you guys decide to take this step at this point? I mean, just outline your concerns for us. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, we're into August. Uh, this announcement came out recently, and, and parents are really in a position now where they're making decisions for their kids' schooling this fall. And I think this uh, announcement has a lot of impact on many parents uh, who were really thinking about getting their kids back to in-person learning if they were online uh, or being really um, feeling comfortable with kids going back to school. And, uh, you know, our role as pediatricians is to advocate for our kids uh, we have 660,000 uh, kids in Alberta under the age of 11 who are not yet able to be vaccinated. Um, and uh, we think school is just really important, and in-person school is essential for um, many kids to thrive. It's their education, it's developmental supports for kids, uh, nutrition supports for some kids, uh, mental health uh, in terms of peer relations and mental health supports, as well as exercise and fitness. There's just, you know, so many benefits to kids um, to be in school. And we want uh, our parents to really feel uh, confident that school is a safe place. And that, at this point, hinges for many of our unvaccinated kids on uh, measures that are in school, as well as our public health measures, like the testing, tracing, and isolation to uh, keep our community spread at bay. So when we talk about those three, and I think those are the three that most people have concerns with, are the testing, the tracing, and the isolation. Where does the problem arise when we remove those? I think I know, um, but just give us some clarity on what you think the problem is by removing those three sort of cornerstones of public health and what that can potentially lead to. Yeah, I think there's, you know, various factors uh, included and involved in this, but really um, those cornerstones of public health allow us to, A, know what's happening in our communities, where do we have higher rates of spread, uh, where is the the um, population experiencing uh, very high rates of COVID. Uh, that information is a helpful for uh, for people to decide what types of activities they may want to participate in the community. But it's also helpful for public health and other measures to respond to some of those increased. Um, 
uh, spread uh, factors uh, to try to mitigate those. Uh, isolation is really important uh, as it um, allows uh, us to ensure that people who are going to be um, spreading uh, this particularly highly um, uh, spreadable COVID variant, uh, the Delta variant, mm-hmm. um, to be uh, not in these public places and not in the big community settings to increase spread. So they're really measures that allow us to um, mitigate some of the intensive spreads that we're seeing with this uh, Delta variant. Um, obviously, one of those other huge cornerstones is vaccination. And uh, if you have a very highly vaccinated population, uh, these other measures are really uh, obviously less needed. Um, Alberta, while um, we have increased our vaccination rates, we're really just not there in terms of double vaccinated population uh, being really um, high. And uh, we're certainly not there for this other part of our population who's not yet able to have access to vaccine. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head of, you know, it's not about never doing this. It's really about the timing right. and the fact that these vaccines for this younger population is really around the corner. And, uh, you know, coming right into August, into the school year season, uh, with increasing rates of the Delta variant, we're just asking, you know, is, is this really the right time? It feels like we're doing too much too soon uh, at a critical time for this particular wave. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, and that's the question I think is the timing because, you know, Dr. Hinshaw, rightfully so, I said, you know, we need to learn to li- we need to learn to live with COVID. And I think ultimately we do get to that point. But, you know, when we talk about vaccination, and I think that's the key, that's the end of this, we don't have the children vaccinated. So once we have children vaccinated, is that what you're, is that what you're saying, these public health measures to stay in place until we have a chance to get everybody? Or is it more tied to cases? What are you looking for as an indicator that, okay, we're, we're in a position where we can take this step? Yeah, I think that this really is timing. I think we're all looking forward to that point. And I think we actually are quite close to that point where um, COVID uh, is going to be endemic in our communities. And we are going to deal with it the similarly to how we might deal with the flu or other um, uh, viruses. Uh, right now, um, we're just not quite there yet. Um, I think the um, the things we are looking for is that big chunk of the population uh, to be ex- uh, able to access the vaccine um, while children have less risk of more severe COVID. Uh, We're just seeing these really large outbreaks of uh, the Delta variant in um, certain states and other parts of the world and seeing children's hospitalization rise with that. And we're concerned that that can happen in Alberta given our 
you know, not as uh, robust um, uh, vaccination rates in our adult population. And again, this other population that can't yet mm-hmm. be vaccinated. So I think we're looking for that. Um, it's a big chunk of our population and vaccinating them, I think will really um, help protect them, um, help their parents uh, be able to really embrace all the activities that kids should be in, as well as being in their work and home environments the way they normally would. Um, I think also um, it would give us a chance to actually work on our vaccination rates, which we know that there's a percentage of our population that we need to do more work, uh, bringing vaccination uh, closer to home for for certain populations. The province is working on that and um, giving that more time so that we can have more people uh, double vaccinated, I think would put us in a much better place. the rates of protection in double vaccinated people in terms of getting severe COVID is extremely good. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we just want to see more of our population in that place, um, uh, both adults and children, uh, for the benefit of our kids. Uh, the question that I'm getting from listeners as we're chatting, and, and it's a question that I think has some merit to it, is we're worried about the kids and we want to vaccinate kids. Some people don't think we should vaccinate kids at all because we've long been told that COVID-19 is a disease that largely largely has very little impact on children. In the vast majority of kids who contract COVID-19, the symptoms are, in some cases, not even noticeable. So what do you think the risk is to the children? I mean, has Delta variant changed that? Um, I think we still, there's still some unanswered questions about the Delta variant. I think where we're seeing Florida and Louisiana, for example, seeing a higher yeah. rate of children uh, being hospitalized with severe COVID in ICU, etc. It makes us a little concerned that the Delta variant, um, when it becomes widespread, we're going to see um, more hospitalization with those. Um, I think that you're very right uh, that kids have a less severe course of COVID uh, on the whole, and uh, that's been a huge um, uh, the beneficial thing for our kids uh, in the COVID pandemic. And, you know, we certainly don't want to instill um, a massive amount of fear in, in parents uh, for that possibility that their children get sick. However, um, there's, it's not no risk. Um, we've basically protected our child, pediatric population a fair bit in this pandemic so far. And uh, I think with our public health measures, um, our opened up um, economy and society right now, uh, kids are getting exposed at much higher rates. And so we're going to see those increased numbers of children being infected. And when we start to see those increased numbers, we get those low but real risks yeah. of uh, severe COVID, especially in our more vulnerable kids uh, with underlying medical conditions, uh, obesity, um, respiratory conditions like asthma. Um, we also will see um, uh, the long COVID, uh, which is a small population, but not small proportion, but not an insignificant proportion of kids who will have long-standing symptoms. And then we have that MISC, which again is quite rare, but once you start to have higher numbers of COVID uh, infections in children in the community, we're also going to see that post COVID syndrome becoming more frequent. So while the numbers are not high, it seems like an unnecessary risk that we're putting out there for kids when uh, several more months of these types of measures could get us into a more protected place for them. Okay, Doc, I I appreciate uh, you clarifying that for us and uh, spending some time with us this morning. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. You bet. That's Dr. Michelle Bailey, who is president of the Alberta Medical Association Section of Pediatrics.